on, everybody. Here we go. Off to Neverland. Welcome to Detour to Neverland. Just a little bit of pixie dust. Where we interview Disneyers to discover unique ways to express your love for Disney. Think of the happiest thing. Now here's your host, Brendan Wright. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. With us today is Emily and Aaron, who run the Shining, Shimmering, Splitted Disney Movie Podcast. Um, Emily and Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today. First of all, personally, I love your podcast. I love your approach to dissecting and reviewing. Um, right now, you know you're going through a lot of these classic Disney movies. But um, if you go, can go ahead and introduce yourself, and for someone who's not as familiar with your podcast, just share a little bit about what you guys are all about. Sure. Okay. Thank you so much for having us. I'm Erin. And I'm Emily. And we are pretty new to this podcast. We're a couple months in, but we just both really love Disney movies. We both have small children, spend a lot of time watching Disney movies. (laughs) And so we decided to start this as a fun way to kind of reconnect with the movies we knew when we were children. Exactly. And I think there's a lot of movies that we hadn't, or at least I hadn't seen all of them. So, you know, go back and do the complete set. And we have very different backgrounds with Disney. <laughs> I go I go way back with Disney and Emily's a little fresher. So it's interesting that we have different perspectives. Yeah, and that's great. And I think that those different perspectives um, really help you play off each other. And you guys really have a, a great dynamic um, of going through these, these movies. So I want to turn it back a little bit. Um, and each of you kind of, what is your, where did your love for Disney start? And how did it evolve over time to get you to this point? Okay, uh, this is Emily. So um, I grew up as a a child of the 90s. So (laughs) um, always watched Disney movies, always loved Disney movies. Um, Hadn't really been to Disneyland ever, or sorry, Disney World. And it was always kind of like the dream thing, you know, to win a trip to Disney World or something. Um, And so I think I just, I was a big fan of Disney, but then as I got older, um, one of my dreams was to take my kids to Disney World, and I did, and I, you know, you go once, and then you just totally get hooked, (laughs) and it's so fun, and it's a good way to connect with your kids, and then, I mean, Aaron and I were talking about how um, it's really fun to appreciate Disney movies better, um, and then it makes you appreciate the parks better. And so in one of the things in our podcast is we try to tie, um, you know, the movies back to where they're found in the parks. And I think that's been uh, really fun. And I have a long history with Disney. I grew up with parents or grandparents who lived in Florida. So we would take an annual trip down there and always take a trip to Disney World once a year. And my parents pretty much had Disney movies on repeat when I was a child. So I've watched all the classics countless times. But then obviously, as a teenager in college, had a dry spell where I didn't watch them for a while. And now I have three little kids of my own who are pretty much once again putting Disney movies on repeat. So uh, it just was interesting to watch them as an adult after I'd been watching them so young in my life. And now we are going on our first trip for our family to Disney World in a month. And I am so excited. Yeah. I think everybody uh, can relate to that excitement, that pre-planning excitement. Uh, as we record this, I am 12 days away from my wife and I's first trip to Disneyland. So oh. I, I'm feeling those butterflies as well and just ready to be there. Oh, it's so exciting. I'm jealous. I guess I'll be there soon, but I'm still <laughs> jealous. <laughs> so 
you guys, your approach, you're, you know, you're going through these movies and I know it's somewhat chronologically, but what is the process and how did you guys decide that that's the way that you wanted to approach the podcast was to take these movies, review them, dissect them a little bit. Um, you know, how did you go through that? And then second, whenever you're preparing for an episode, what does that research process look like where you're going back, watching the movies with a little bit different eye, so that you can come on the podcast in the next episode and talk about it? Definitely. We had a long talk about how to start and we decided Emily hadn't seen some of the 90s movies as much. Um, or, I mean, like 2000. The 2000s. Yep. And there, so there's kind of a gap in there that she hasn't seen. But we decided the classics might be a fun way to start because it's the movies that titles that people are really familiar with and chronologically just kind of seemed like a good order to start. We are going to be a little bit flexible. So as new movies get released, especially some of the Disney sequels that are coming out, we'll go back and watch the original and review that so that we can do the sequel in real time to get a little bit current. And then we might start mixing up the order as we get a little bit farther into it. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I have listened to a lot of podcasts and some like review podcasts where they review movies or TV shows or whatever. Um, so I really like the format of breaking down. So what we first do on the podcast are break down the episode. Well, I guess we do many things. <laughs> we talk about um, like a really brief history of the movie, like when was it made and what was Walt Disney Studios doing at that time. And then we talk about our own memories of the movie really briefly. And then we get into breaking down the episode. And so like telling the story and like, you know, we both notice different things about mm-hmm. the story, which I think is interesting. And then we kind of do, I don't know, it's kind of our lightning round. And so we talk about who our MVP is, our loser, precious moments, OMG moments of the movie. Fashion police. Fashion police, of course. And we <laughs> are usually opposite in our answers because we just have very different perspectives. Yes. And then we always rate the movie on a, the rating scale fluctuates by something that correlates to the episode. So uh, I'm trying to think of a good well, example. Alice in Wonderland was how many teacups out of five. Yep. So we always read it. And our review process is each week of the movie, we will each watch the movie generally separately so that we can keep our thoughts fresh and take notes. And then we will kind of make notes of our all of those categories in the lightning round that Emily just talked about. And then we pretty much just dive in and we like to not know what each other are going to say before we record so our conversations can feel more genuine. And then generally after each episode, then I go through and I kind of rewatch it on Insta stories and just a really fast recap. So that's kind of a fun way to get a highlight reel of our thoughts. Yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, yeah, I think that's a very fresh approach. And I think that, um, you know, the way that you guys are going about it is very unique and it really plays, you know, to your different perspectives and your different personalities. So I, I think that even, the most, you know, advanced Disney historian or, or movie buff um, really can find a lot of value in the research that you guys do and also just sharing your different perspectives. And what I wanted to hit on was that research portion when you're going back and looking, uh, you know, especially with these classics and seeing what was going on with the Walt Disney Animation Studios at that point. Are you surprised that um, you kind of you've fallen so much into the history and learning what was going wrong, what was going on in the world when these movies were released? Yeah, I think, you know, I think we're on our seventh episode, mm-hmm. maybe. So not super far down the road, but obviously at the beginning there was World, world War II. And that had a really big impact on the box office performance of these movies. And it was just interesting to find out like which movies bombed. <laughs> 
and which ones were successful. A lot of them at the beginning actually bombed and didn't make much money for the studios originally, but in re-releases and later have become quite popular. So it's also pretty interesting to hear some of the history behind Walt Disney's own um, perspective in the movies. For example, some of his preferences became really big influences on what did or did not get released, kind of shaped the narratives and shaped some of the character choices in the film. So it's just something you don't think about at all as a small child watching these films. It's just a totally different way to look at them. Mm -hmm. And so take me to that moment what did that conversation look like where you decided, where you two got together and decided, let's create a Disney podcast? How did that conversation go? And how did you decide on the name and the theme and everything that you wanted to go along with it? Well, we were at lunch. <laughs> we worked together. So we went to lunch one day and over some Thai food, I had mentioned that I wanted to do a podcast. And Emily asked me, what about? And I said, well, I watch a lot of Disney movies, so it would be fun to start talking about those. And it just kind of snowballed. By the time we got back to work from our lunch break, we had brainstormed a whole bunch of names. We had thought about an outline of how the format could go. I don't know, Emily, do you remember yeah. anything else? No, I mean, that's, we just kept checking names too. Like, well, what names are already taken that we can't do? Mm -hmm. What would be unique? You know, and if you Google it, not a thousand other things show up. So it snowballed in a hurry. <laughs> and it was very quick. <laughs> we do things quickly. <laughs> We're event planners and we just know, like, you get into action, you just go. Yep. Well, that's great. That's a great way to approach it for sure. And so... Was there any conflict or, you know, uh, whenever you're deciding that you were going to do reviews, um, you know, was there any pushback or, or kind of did you just settle on it and that's what you were doing and, and ran with it? We just sort of ran with it. We both love Disney. Um, we are both pretty all in on uh, planning trips to the parks. You know, like I said, we both have little children, so we're kind of in that phase of life anyway. I think we both felt like if we didn't pounce on it, we weren't actually going to go through right. it, so let's just make it happen. <laughs> and it's just a fun project to do together. Um, also, like when I was so researching for a hot minute on, you know, what other Disney movie review podcasts there were, um, a lot of the ones that I saw were um, a lot of men sitting around talking about movies. And no offense, but they just went on and on and on. <laughs> Not that we don't. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think we're a little bit more succinct and we keep we keep the conversation moving. Um, and I think we kind of wanted to put our own twist on it and say, I mean, one of our taglines is, you know, two moms from Iowa. And so kind of sell the, the mom aspect. And at the end of every episode, we have a little audio clip from our kids or our husbands or something. So I think it differentiates us a little bit and maybe does a different target market. It's fun to have a creative outlet because when you're in the throes of parenting small children, you don't have nearly as many opportunities to go out and do fun things and whatever. So it's just been fun to have just something to think about that's not work or home or yeah, the typical routine in the Disney bubble, which is the best place to be. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same thing as this conversation that it's just so easy to talk about Disney and talk about something that we're also passionate about. So I, I completely agree that it doesn't even feel like it's extra work on top, that it's just something that you enjoy doing outside of a normal nine to five and, and able to produce content that you're, that you get pleasure from creating. Exactly. So what I'm interested in is I know that the way that we connected was through Instagram and it seems like Instagram has kind of become a haven for the Disney community. So what has been your approach to Instagram and also what 
you know, kind of has it meant to you guys of being in the throes and being part of the Disney community as now a producer of content instead of just a consumer? I think Instagram has been so much fun for us. In addition to the podcast, I didn't expect to have as much fun spending time on Instagram as we do, but you're totally right. The Disney community on Instagram is so much fun, so engaged, so enthusiastic, and we've tried really hard to be a producer and a consumer. And so it's been just so much fun. We always try to comment on as many posts as we can that we see from other people. We always like to like things and just really participate. Emily, do you have? Yeah. Well, and I had been following um, some Disney folks on Instagram for a while. And like you get to feel like you know them. And, you know, I love watching people in the parks. Um, We're a little bit removed in Iowa in general, except for when we're on our trips. Um, but yeah, it's fun to connect with people that way. And people are really supportive of each other. Um, and that Disney bubble is just fun. It is fun. It makes us feel like we're at the parks when we can. Yeah, be there. exactly. It brings a little Disney magic. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. I'm in Tennessee. So in a similar position as you guys don't have as easy access to the parks as some other people in the Disney community, but, um, you know, I think you're exactly right that it's able to extend that magic um, to your home and, and be able to work on projects that that give you those same feelings and emotions that you get in the park. So what do you think will change in your next visit to the parks where now you're in the Disney community and maybe you have to have a little bit of a different eye um, to be able to share? I know that you're not doing as many trip reports or anything on your podcast, but still you know, as being a member of the Disney community now, how do you think that'll change your park experiences? We've talked a little bit about that with my upcoming trip. And I think we're going to do kind of a twist on a trip report when I go in thinking about a trip in terms of the movies. So when I'm there, obviously, I don't typically post much on social media. I don't even think Instagram existed the last time I was at (laughs) Disney. Maybe it did. I don't know. Um, But I think I'll be doing a lot of sharing content on social media. But then also, I'm going to be looking for ties to the movies, specifically the ones we've already reviewed, because we've already kind of talked about where those things show up. But it'll also be fun to look at knowing the movies that are upcoming down the pike in our next few recordings, find connections there as well. And then obviously, seeing the joy of my children going to Disney for the first time. But that'll be a whole different thing. Exactly. Well, and to like pointing out, like you're saying, pointing out even to like the kids, like Cinderella's fountain and all these little touches that I think that are so subtle that I think most people probably miss that I probably missed on the just couple of trips I've been there before I've, you know, learned so much from the Disney community on Instagram and the connections to movies that yeah, it just makes you appreciate all those subtle touches more. I bought Peter Pan for my kids a few weeks ago and have made them watch it already made, not made them. They watched <laughs> voluntarily, but we've seen it a few times because I want them when they go on Peter Pan's flight to understand what that ride is and what the story is that's being told and not just to see it as a fun ride through a cart in the sky, things like that. I'm just really trying to make the connection. Mm-hmm. So I don't have kids yet. And it's some, so it's something that I'm curious about is I know that so many Disney fans, uh, especially adult Disney fans, you know, have these love for all the different eras of Disney movies, whether it be the classics or the Renaissance or, or anything else, any other period that you choose. And, you know, I always picture that whenever I have kids, we're going to sit them down, we're going to go chronologically, and we're going to watch <laughs> all of these. How has that been? You know, do you find that your kids are just engaged, just as engaged in the classics as the new ones? Or, or how does that work out? I would say my children request the classics more than anything else. We watched Snow White 
probably once a week. Uh, <laughs> Peter Pan, we watch all the time. They found Dumbo on a shelf the other day and got it out and made us watch it. And they are far more into those than they are kind of the the newer releases. So I've I just said that to my husband the, yesterday, actually, when we were watching Snow White for the 80th time, that I've always been surprised how into the classics they are. I need to get my kids into it a little bit more. <laughs> we don't have a lot of movie time. I mean, but they were pretty obsessed with Frozen. So they're probably, and you know, then seeing movies in the theater, like Incredibles. We watched Incredibles 2 in the theater, and then they had to watch Incredibles 1. So they've been more exposed to the new ones. I need to do the old ones. There's just not enough time with them. I have four-year-old twins, so we watch a lot of TV out of necessity. <laughs> Absolutely. And so something that I know that is valuable to all of us uh, in the Disney community, but especially us, um, all three of us being podcasters, is being able to connect with the listeners here that, you know, someone listened to your podcast on their morning commute or listened to it over their lunch break. What has that meant to you guys? And I know we started around the same time. um, So we're both still trying to grow and, and reach new people. But what has that meant to you to get that feedback and hear that people are enjoying listening to you talk about Disney? Yeah, um, it's really special because, you know, it's hard because there's not a lot of two-way communication. Obviously, if it's just me and Aaron and a couple of microphones <laughs> sitting in our office on lunch break. Um, but yeah, to get the interaction on Instagram and to get, we got, you know, some iTunes reviews that were like, oh my gosh, that's not a friend or a neighbor. That's someone who actually listened to us and liked us. Um, so that's been really rewarding too. Cause yeah, you know, we're amateurs. <laughs> we're just like, oh, doing a podcast sounds fun. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's been really special to get positive feedback from people. I'm still a little bit surprised that people actually listen every time we get a download. I'm like, Oh, yeah. Well, I'm in the exact same boat that I was just kind of on a whim and said, you know, I enjoy talking about Disney. I enjoy connecting with other people about their love for Disney. So why not try it out uh, and get to record some of these conversations that I was already having. So I'm in the same boat that it's, it's kind of shocking sometimes to, see that someone downloaded it and then left a review or followed you on Instagram and said that they liked it. So uh, I think that it's been a a really rewarding experience. So um, something that I think is unique to the Disney community is kind of what's taking place right now. So I feel like in other communities or other um, niches that Two podcast hosts would not uh, be conversing and and sharing and collaborating that it seems like in the Disney community that everybody is willing to reach out a hand, support each other and kind of share this common passion for Disney. Have you guys experienced similar sentiments to that? You're right. I think that's one of the great things about the podcast platform is there's room for people to listen to unlimited podcasts. So, and you know, if somebody finds a one Disney podcast, it may send them down a rabbit hole to find other people. So if one of us gets listeners and I think it helps everybody, uh, we've been fortunate enough to have a few people include us in their follow Fridays and different things. So it's been fun. I feel like there's a little network of Disney podcasters that all started around the same time that have formed a little Instagram community. Almost. Yeah. And Twitter. Yeah. Um, I think too, that just feels so um, essentially Disney, I think, or at least, you know, what we all want Disney to be is, you know, supportive and magical and this fun stuff. You know, I've seen some stuff on Instagram where people can be a little competitive and cutthroat <laughs> um, with each other. Um, but, you know, we've had a really good experience and, and love connecting with people like you. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're exactly right that there is, you know, with any kind of social media, there is um, that ability to tear people down or, or to share more negative feelings. But I think the overwhelming majority of the Disney community on social media is so empowering and uplifting and just trying to share that magic that all of us so desperately crave, and especially people like us who aren't able to go to the parks as regularly. Definitely. I totally agree. Well, perfect. So I think we covered some great topics. And so the next thing we'll jump into is our lightning round. So I'll just throw out some quick Disney topics. Um, and if you guys can just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind and everybody can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Okay, let's do it. Perfect. So the first one's an easy one. Just name the Disney parks that you have visited. I have been to Walt Disney World, to all of the parks within Walt Disney World and Disneyland. I've been to Walt Disney World, all, all four of those parks, still water parks. So have you been to water parks? Oh, I have parks been there? to the water parks, yes. Yes. Oh, man. He's done everything. Um, <laughs> no Disneyland, but I'm hoping next summer. Oh, and and I know this is not a park and my answer is getting longer, but Disney Cruise is coming up too. Oh, yes. We just booked a Disney Cruise for January 2020. Together. Oh. <laughs> Podcasting at oh, sea. It'll be so exciting. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Are you going to record an episode while you're on the show? We're going to have to. Of that's, course. That's part of how I sold my husband on this cruise. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And so which one is your favorite park and why? I have to go with uh, Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. I think just because it was the first park that I went to. So it's nostalgic and fresh and I just love it. Mm -hmm. It's so hard because all the Walt Disney World parks are so fun. Um, I mean, probably Magic Kingdom because it has the castle um, and that feels the most magical. But I love them all for different reasons. I do have to say Disneyland is pretty darn cool. I mean, it's smaller and it's, I don't know, it just feels, obviously it is original, but it just (laughs) feels so original that I haven't been there in, it's been 20 years, but I really remember how cool it was. So I hope you have an awesome time next week. Yeah, for sure. So I went when I was probably seven or eight Uh um, and now we're going back and we've coined it as our Disneyland pilgrimage. <laughs> um, so we're we're so excited to see. I don't really remember the park too much, but I think more than anything, just being able to experience, you know, to walk into the fire station and, and hopefully get a peek at Walt's apartment or walk through Sleeping Beauty's castle just to, you know, feel those same footsteps that Walt took, I think is something that's going to be so special for us. Yeah, that that is so much fun. And so next question would be a Disney bucket list trip. Ooh, okay, Emily, do you have one? Just like where to go? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, all the um, Disneyland, Hong Kong, Shanghai, Tokyo. <laughs> I think mine might be Paris. But you oh, know yeah. what else I really want to do is those Adventures by Disney trips. Yes. Another podcast I was just listening to just did like a river cruise in France, and it sounded awesome. Oh, God, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is kind of the allure of the Asian parks for you? Well, um, so my husband actually travels to China a lot. And um, so, and he's been a little bit not, he's not super into Disney. He didn't really grow up with Disney. He didn't really want to go to Walt Disney World that much. Um, But I've really been able to sell him on, you know, a trip to um, Shanghai, Tokyo, and Hong Kong, Disneyland. and because I think, you know, you visiting another country is uh, amazing and important. And obviously we would, 
probably be taking our children on this trip. And so I think it, there's something for everybody. So he would get to expose them to the Chinese culture um, and, and, you know, local culture over there. And I, I appreciate that as well. But then we get to sprinkle some Disney magic in there too. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the perfect marrying of those two ideas would be an Adventures by Disney trip and then you customize it to put a few days into some of the parks. And I, I don't know if Perfect. you guys listen to uh, Lou Mangello's podcast, WDW Radio. He's oh, yep. kind of the, the idol of Disney podcasting. Uh, but yeah. that's a trip that they did. And from that from that moment on, I was obsessed with Adventures by Disney. And, you know, if you can add in trips to the park, I think it's just the ideal vacation. Definitely. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. A podcaster's Paradise Adventures by Disney. Perfect. Of course. Ooh, I like we it. need like a yeah, podcast meetup <laughs> in China <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> while we travel the world. Yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, we'll meet you there. <laughs> so next would be your favorite Disney resort. Ooh, that's a tough one. You know, I really like the Disneyland Hotel. We stayed there when I was in, I must have been junior high on our Disneyland trip. And I just thought it was so cool. I think because characters walk around the lobby and it just feels so different. Um, Growing up, when we went to Disney, we didn't stay in resorts because we would stay with my grandparents down the road and just drive over. So I haven't been to as many resorts, but we are staying in the Contemporary in a couple of weeks and I'm excited. Yeah. Um, We have only stayed at uh, Pop Century and Art of Animation, um, which are both good, but I think my, I don't know. If it's bucket list at Walt Disney World, it would be the Polly. Mm-hmm. Yep. The smell of the Polly, the location of it uh, is hard to beat for sure. And the food, I think, more than anything. Yes. In Art of Animation, do you have a, a favorite um, themed area that you would go to? Yeah. I mean, we stayed at the in the Lion King Suites. Um, and I loved them. I would say, um, the car, and then we walked around to all the little areas. The cars area was super cute. They were all just super well done. Um, the Lion King is a big part of my childhood. So it, it worked for me. Yeah, perfect. We stayed in the Lion King area for Christmas last year uh, to visit my sister in law, who's a cast member at Walt Disney World. Um, and I loved the theming of the rooms, but I can say, as a 25-year-old adult, the pull-down beds are not ideal for a week-long trip. That's the right. Only- yeah. I'll bet. <laughs> my but, my five-year-old thought they were pretty cool, though. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So yeah. that's my only piece of advice that uh, if I go back, hopefully I'm in the real bed instead of on the uh, the desk converted into a... a right. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> I do have to say, when I was in high school, my parents, for some reason, splurged on the Grand Floridian for a night once. I don't know why that's the one they chose, <laughs> but they went for it. And it was uh, it was a lot cuter and less, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Nobby, you would think. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it actually felt really nice, and everyone was so welcoming, and it was so well-themed that I really, really liked it. I'm probably never going to stay there again, but it was great for that one night. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Those are great choices and great thoughts surrounding those. So next would be your favorite ride or attraction. Hands down, Splash Mountain. I'm a major Splash Mountain junkie. <laughs> I'm already trying to figure out how I can ditch my children and ride it when I'm there in November. Yeah. Uh, I love Flight of Passage. 
I went on that in May and it was just amazing. Like I was a little bit worried because I'm not a real big thrill seeker and was like, you know, some people get, I think, motion sick and stuff like that. And I was like, am I going to like this? And I walked off like that was the most amazing thing I've ever done. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. I think a good gauge of if you're a flight of passage fan, what is the maximum amount of time that you would wait for it? Oh, I mean, I'd wait an hour. I think that's crazy to wait an hour for any ride because I don't know. I just, I just plan better than that, but that's definitely worth at least an hour. Mm -hmm. What would you say? Um, so last time we got in line when it said 90 minutes, we were eating at Satuli Canteen, opened up the app and it said 90 minutes and it'd been like two hours minimum all day long. So once it hit 90, we decided to get in line. It ended up being a little over two hours, but I can't say once and that was my first time experiencing flight of passage when you're walking off that ride really the time seems you know a moot point to to how amazing that the ride is that's true i wish the wait line wait times would go down though because that's obnoxious (laughs) Mm -hmm. well i'm sure there's already people getting in line for a galaxy's edge so maybe pull pull people (laughs) true Definitely. We're going to try to hit Hollywood Studios hard so that we can get everything done before Galaxy's Edge opens on our, by the time we go again, it'll be open. So, Mm -hmm. Yep. I feel like for that and then the Guardians of the Galaxy ride in Epcot, you might as well just go ahead and and get in line now if you want to get into it anytime soon. Absolutely. I'm excited that the Toy Story Land lines aren't unreasonable. I couldn't get a fast pass for Slinky Dog, but I'm hoping we can pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's been shocking to me as well that it seems like they're they're moving along pretty quickly and they're getting people in and out. Mm-hmm. Which is good. I like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So next would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack. Ooh, Emily, you're gonna have to take this one. It's been too long. Oh, uh, for sure, citrus swirl. That was amazing. Perfect choice. So citrus swirl over the Dole Whip. Oh, for sure. I had both. I mean, I had Dole Whip Twist. Wait, wait. Dole Whip Twist. <laughs> and then, and because the first day we were there, they were like ran out of Citrus Swirl for some reason. And I was devastated. So I had to get a Dole Whip Twist instead. And it was, I mean, it was pretty good. But then the next, our second Magic Kingdom day, it was open. And Citrus Swirl is what I've been waiting for my whole life. <laughs> wow. I'll eat that every day. I'm going to have to add that to my list. <laughs> yeah. I am pretty excited to try a Cheshire Cat Tail. Yeah. Ooh, I actually had one of those for the first time on my last trip. Uh, we had it for breakfast, and it was Yum. amazing. I highly Ooh. recommend it. Emily was just telling me about them when we recorded our Alice episode the other day. And then I saw a picture of one on Instagram this weekend and I am all in on that. Hunting those down. (laughs) They used to have a similar one in Disneyland called a Tigger Tail. I haven't seen it as much recently. I don't know if it's still there, but if it is, I I will be grabbing it next week. Nice. So next would be your favorite Disney restaurant. Uh, okay, my favorite Disney restaurant isn't there anymore, and it's also not that Disney themed. But it was Cat Cora's restaurant over in Boardwalk. It was mm. the most delicious Greek food in the world, and I'm so sad that it's gone. I would have to say um, just Cinderella's Royal Table, just because of the magic of being in the castle and with the princesses. And when I took my kids for the first time, and and I'm gonna say it's kind of it kind of was my first Disney World trip. We went for like a day when I was seven um just like that was the first thing we did we had breakfast in cinderella's castle 
as the first thing in Walt Disney World. And so it just is pretty special. I have vivid memories of my entire childhood only eating at Cosmic Rays ever. <laughs> so my whole goal of this trip is to not eat at Cosmic Rays. Like there are better choices. Avoid. <laughs> we can do better. It's interesting that you mentioned that because um, my wife went to a um, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party one year uh, without me. I had to stay up in Tennessee for work. But for some reason, that particular year, they closed down many of the restaurants. And so oh. it was late in the night. They were starving. And the only place that they could get into is Cosmic Rays. <laughs> I, I enjoy Cosmic Rays. I like, you know, listening to Sunny Eclipse. I think it's a fun experience. But she will never step foot in there again just because <laughs> I think they forced her in there. And, and that was not the type of food that she wanted. I just remember the lines too. Mobile ordering wasn't a thing back in the day, obviously. And those lines were rough. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So next would be your favorite Disney movie, which is a very appropriate question for you guys. Oh, we know these. Oh yeah, we got that. (laughs) So uh, my favorite movie is Beauty and the Beast. Classic from growing up. And I always wanted to be Belle. Okay, I have two. My favorite classic is Sleeping Beauty. She's always been my favorite princess. My favorite current movie is Moana. Mm, Good one. For Beauty and the Beast, um, what do you think? Is it live action or is it the classic animated? Oh, no, no. Yes, classic (laughs) animated 100%. I, I mean, I obviously watched live action and I kind of enjoyed it because I just love the story and the music so much. But it was so distracting, and I I need original. I thought it was a little bit too auto tuned. Mm-hmm. I got hung up on that. Yeah, and and just like the characters, I'm like, well, sure, that's what you look like, but you're not Gaston. Gaston is animated. Who <laughs> 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 are you? Yeah, um, I think it'd be hard for anybody to live up to Gaston's animated figure, but I I, uh, I have I feel the same way. Moana, um, I love Moana. I think it's probably my favorite Disney movie that's been released in the last 10 years. Probably the Mm -hmm. soundtrack for me is just an absolute game changer. Oh, it's so good. Definitely. Okay. We have to know what's your favorite Disney movie of all time. Peter Pan. Oh, nice. Detour to Neverland kind of goes with the overall Uh, theme. Sure, I could have figured that out on my own. (laughs) Yeah. It's gotta be Peter Pan. um, But then new ones, I love Moana and then, Lion King. I'm a '90s kid, so it always hits home for me as well. Definitely. And so that leads us into the next question, which would be your favorite Disney song. Oh, oh my goodness, (laughs) that's a hard one. (laughs) There are so many. Do you know? Well, (laughs) I should have looked up the names. The songs from Beauty and the Beast. I'm just gonna go with that. It's so good. One of them is called Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's the best one. Beauty and the Beast. Well, yeah, that's a good one. But there's so many more. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do a collective all. I get more than one. Sure. There you go. Um. Okay. Someday My Prince Will Come is oh, a good one. Yeah. Oh, you know, The Little Mermaid, I oh, feel like, has some so underrated good. Under the Sea. And, oh, what's the one where, Part of Your World. Oh, Part of Your World. I used to belt that out. Oh, I still do. So much. Yeah, love and it. then, like you said, the Moana songs—you can't, you can't beat uh, them. Love. Yeah, 
It's a, it's a hot button topic in our household because my wife is one of the biggest Frozen fans of uh-huh. all time. But I constantly remind her Moana has a better soundtrack than Frozen. And she Hands refuses down. to believe that. True. Oh, we gotta, I got to side with you. <laughs> I hated Let It Go for the longest time. It's finally grown on me out of, I think, necessity. <laughs> but I was very anti-Let It Go for years. It was good at first, but then I'm like, ooh, it's yeah. got to stop. Yeah. Yeah, that's just the Disney marketing department wearing on you, and, and they're going to play it for you enough until you love it. Exactly. That combined with my daughter. Yes. Also, fun fact, uh, Let It Go in Mandarin is Seitaba. <laughs> we, hmm. so we, uh, learning Chinese in our house, we watch some Disney music videos in Chinese. Oh, so it's Seitaba, Seitaba. It's really good. Wow. So now wow. I know the words. Okay. I'm going to have to look something. that up on YouTube. Yeah. I I can't I I'm trying to remember, but I know we had a previous guest who said that their favorite song was the Bonjour 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 song from Beauty and the Beast, and I don't know oh. the name of that one either. So, oh, is that not be our guest? No. Bonjour Bonjour. Oh, it's it's, it's Belle's opening song. I yeah, I think. It's yeah. Provincial what is life. that? I don't know. Provincial life. I don't no, know. that's just a line. Okay, I don't know. It's beauty. I don't know. No. Everybody just knows it as a Bonjour song. I feel like exactly. Yeah. It works. <laughs> So next question would be your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt himself or from any of the movies. Oh my goodness. I just saw one on Instagram today that I love. <laughs> I mean, I like a dream is a wish your heart makes. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. What was the Walt quote I saw? It was something about doing anything you set your mind to. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> He's got quite a few like that, but we all know the general theme. (laughs) Perfect. So last question of the lightning round would be your favorite Disney memory. This podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, Okay. As good as that was, I have a different one. Uh, When right after my husband and I got married, I made him go on a week long trip to Disney World. He also was not a Disney growing up this was his first trip and I just wanted to do all the things that I wanted to do before I had children and they dictated my trips so we did every park we did every water park we did everything and it was so much fun just to experience it as an adult and kind of create my own trip because I wasn't with my parents I wasn't on a school trip I just got to do Disney my way and it was it was great and now I feel like I have done that and now I can let my kids have their moment. <laughs> it could be about them. For as a long second. as I get Splash Mountain, we're good. <laughs> it's true. Um, I mean, one of my favorite moments is uh, taking, um, so our second trip. So the first trip, my husband did not go with us. I took my mom and my sister and my kids. And so the second trip was with my kids and my husband. And it was really fun for him to experience it for the first time, um, especially with our kids. And my kids already just on their second trip, they felt like pros. They felt like they knew what was happening here. And so they loved it, you know, so much more than their first one where they were just completely shell shocked. (laughs) So that was one of the best. Yeah, well, that's great. So the last question is something we ask all of our guests. And it's, it's kind of, is there someone out there, if there's a listener out there who's looking for the right way to express their love or their passion for Disney, and they want to take on a new project, whether it be a podcast like us or a blog or a YouTube channel or anything like that, what is your piece of parting guidance to that person? 
I think figure out the piece that you resonate the most with. Maybe it's going to the parks in person and trip planning. Maybe it's, you know, watching movies. If you can't get to the parks, it may be merchandise. It may be artwork. It may be all kinds of different things. I think figure out what really feeds you and dive into it. Yeah, that you'll be more passionate about it. And you can keep going with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I think too, also, you know, become a part of the Disney community, like be active on social media, uh, talk to other people, ask them questions, inter- interact with them, engage with them, and it'll be so much more fun. Mm-hmm. I think the thing I didn't expect is that there is room for all of us, like we talked about earlier. Like just, you may see somebody else doing the thing that you want to do. That doesn't mean you can't be doing it too. Yeah. And even even helping them do it and they'll help you. And it's just such yeah, a- Yeah, there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of listeners and everyone can put their spin on it mm-hmm. and support each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that those are great thoughts and something a couple episodes back um, that Jay mentioned, who's a Disney dude on Instagram and one of the most brilliant Disney photographers, something that he mentioned that I think bears repeating uh, that really resonated with me is that, you know, you can get caught up in followers or downloads or anything like that uh, and get a competitive spirit. But the more that you reach out and help other people that their success, you know, can mean just as much to you as your own success. And, and that, you know, reaching out and really involving yourself in the Disney community is the best way to get the most out of it. So I, I think those are, those are great thoughts. Definitely. Well, perfect. So Emily and Aaron, thank you so much for giving your time and chatting with us today, sharing a little bit of your Disney story, giving us a behind the scenes look at the Shining Shimmering Splendid podcast. I've enjoyed listening so much, uh, following along. I know um, if any of our listeners have not already, go and follow them at Shining Podcast on Instagram and also subscribe on whatever your preferred podcast method is um, at Shining Shimmering Splendid podcast. So Emily and Aaron, any final thoughts before we head out? Thank you so much for having us. This has been a blast. Yeah, it was so fun. Perfect. Well, like I said, everybody make sure you go and follow them. Stay in tune. Uh, be looking out for the Disney Cruise Line episode in uh, <laughs> January of 2020, right? Yep. Yeah. You're gonna have to wait a minute, but it'll be <laughs> worth it. Hey, well, we will stay tuned. We are so excited to see how much you grow and evolve over that time period. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Visit our website at detourtoneverland.com to catch up on the blog. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast. Detour to Neverland underscore podcast. Have a great day.